welcome back everyone to the Warrior 5 Podcast. It's just three of us today. Just me, Cash, and as promised, via Zoom call, Tyler Brody. Tyler, how's it going? Good. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing good, Cash. How yeah, about you? Doing pretty good. Just the three of us. It, I, the, the two of us song was good, Cash. The three of us is, might be a little overkill. <laughs> uh, we will get right into our NFL picks. Cash, how did we do this last week on our pickums? Uh yeah, so Logan went uh three and three. Mitch you, you went uh four and two. Bryce went three and three. Brady uh went out of nowhere, got five and one and could have been six and oh if it wasn't for those dang Browns. Yeah. And uh two and four uh from uh me. Two and four. Cash, cash, cash. And I think Brady's gone five and one before, if I'm not mistaken. So not really out of nowhere. We almost had our second 6-0, but still, me at the top of the leaderboard, 6-0, only 6-0 pick. We'll get into some of those games, starting off with that Thursday game, and Brody's Rams, man, impressive against the Patriots, 24-3. to Now, we talked a little bit before the podcast, too. You know, this Rams team could definitely make it to, you know, past just a playoff push and go into a – you know, maybe conference, divisional championship, and maybe even be a Super Bowl, depending on how that quarterback play is. Might want to have Brody go first in this one. Yeah, Tyler, what? How far do you think that this Rams team can go? I like I like I mentioned before, man. Uh, Super Bowl, that's not too far fetched. Like you said, depending what Jared Goff you get that Sunday or Saturday, if it's a wild card or Super Bowl Sunday for that matter. He but he uh. He wasn't very, very well put together in the first Super Bowl, Super Bowl Fifty Three. So, but yeah, he got his maybe a little redemption Thursday. is on Jared Goff's mind. We'll see. Yeah, I don't see it. We'll see. Hey, redemption. You know, Carolina couldn't get their redemption on Denver after that beatdown in the Super Bowl. Really, Denver's had their number ever since that Super Bowl. Denver gets away with a victory here. Not in Carolina tried to make it an interesting game at the end too. Drew Locke, although played very well, and that was a pick I got wrong. One of the picks I got wrong. Reason being that I got it wrong, I'm not mad about it because <laughs> if I pick against my team, like I'm not probably supposed to do that, but if I pick against my team and I lose, that means my team won. I'm happy. I'm good with it. So I'm okay with chalking up that L in, in the our scores for Denver to get that W on the field. I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, you know, I definitely did not see it coming because this was the week after the you know the fiasco at quarterback situation. Two weeks. Two weeks, whatever. But still, I, I still call it. like They're still coming back from that. And it kind of was nice to see like how Drew Locke could be maybe in the future for the Broncos. Yeah, we'll see. And in, in with basically any quarterback room, you have to have consistency. And I think if Drew Locke can consistently play at the level he played on Sunday, I'm, Denver's not going to be looking for a quarterback in the next couple drafts because he played extremely well. Now the bad part about that is, is we haven't seen that Drew Locke basically all year. It's 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 kind of been out there. I mean, hitting with he does like we said before, rookie receivers, rookie or you know second year receivers. This offensive line it has been kind of makeshift. Although Garrett Bowles been everyone's been talking crap in Denver for the past four years. This is his breakout year and has allowed zero sacks. And every single one of his snaps this year, it's an incredible, complete turnaround. Guy's been playing out of his mind. But I mean, I'm not gonna just talk on my Broncos. Everyone on the Pickums had their team win. Cash, your Chicago Bears had a little beatdown of the Texans. I I don't understand it really. Like, how can you be this bad at the same point do this good in the game? Like, I know like their line. Basically, I really like the line setup they have right now. With moving, uh, basically, um, Whitehair to left guard and moving, making Musgrave the center was a really good move and really helped them up front. But Mitchell Javisky played like the quarterback with what the Bears fans who believed in him from the beginning that, uh, thought they were getting. Yeah, and I mean, if you can get Mitch to play like that, then maybe... Picking him wasn't such a bad idea. I still think it's like a little far off, but you can tell with that line play too. David Montgomery's kind of come to and out of his element. He had that one run, first run of the game, 80 80 yarder to the crib. 
you know, he he's had to play his fair shares of dodging tacklers out of the backfield right after he gets the ball. Now if he's three yards down the line, uh, past the line of scrimmage before he's getting his first tackler, all of a sudden your run game starts going. And then you can get more into a comfortable offense where Trubisky can actually start to move the ball instead of having to be relied on on third and eight, third and nine to move the ball when it's predictable what the Bears are going to do. Well, the weird thing is, I, I still don't get, he only had like 11 carries for the game. He yeah. had that one big run, and then yeah. I think he finished with like 111 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, what? Nagy, what are you doing? I know we won 36-7, but 11 carries and you're up by almost 30? Hey, you know, maybe Nagy is thinking, I just need to pour it on. No, he's thinking that if he can save uh, Trubisky right now, he can save his job. Maybe, maybe <laughs> he can. We'll see. And going on to the to another one of our picks, the the Chargers, or another one of our games, the Chargers beaten Atlanta. Now, without Julio Jones, this Atlanta team's a lot different. And the thing that kind of shocks me is they got Todd Gurley in the offseason. Like, and I thought for sure, I was like, man, Todd Gurley's going to get back to his form when he was in. Really? It, when he when he first was on the Rams, dude, Todd Gurley was one of the best backs, if not the best back, in the in all of professional football. I know, but like signed, signed a big deal. Yeah, so, I, he I, signed that big deal and had those knee. I think it was knee injuries, right, Brody? Yep, yep. Yeah, and ever since that, they like stopped using him. Like, yeah, he's done. So, and I thought maybe I was like, maybe he just needs a new home, different offensive line, and he'll be he'll be going. And I was definitely, like, someone I kind of kept my eye on, too. I was like, maybe he might be a good fantasy guy to pick up. <laughs> he's been, like, I don't even know if he's, like, their go-to in Atlanta. And it's sad because, I mean, his career when he started off with the Rams was, like, he almost peaked right when he got into the league. And it's kind of sad to see it dive. Hopefully next year he can kind of turn around and get back to his, you know, his great form. But well, as of right now, it looks like Todd Gurley had a – Really quick stunt in the NFL. Well, you can still see it from even like Elliott's. His his went down slower because he didn't have a big of an injury, but he's still going down. And like it's showing the trend what people were saying before Jerry Jones gave Elliott that contract in the first place that you don't pay running backs because if you're gonna like um, use them, then for the first five years they're basically gonna be dead in year six and seven for most of them. Yeah, and and it just depends on like. You know, the durability of the position and everything. A running back that I don't know can get hurt because he's built like a Mack truck is Derrick Henry. And, man, (laughs) dude, he is ridiculous, man. Like, this is like when you played, like, road to the show in college football and you were just, like, you were playing in high school and in college and just literally, like, you just ran a dive for, like, 90 yards. This is Derrick Henry's numbers. It's ridiculous. He has... How many? It's it's like six or seven, two hundred yard rushing games, which is ridiculous. I mean, every single time he touches the ball, yeah, you have to season. hold your breath of your defense because more than likely he's going either putting your DB on a highlight with a stiff arm or he's scoring a touchdown. Yeah, I thought last year was good for Derrick Henry. He's showing like even a better year than last year. Well, I think he just he carried all the momentum that he got towards the end of last year mm-hmm. and it just ran with it. No pun intended. But just ran with it, and he's—I mean—he's a monster, dude. Well, he also has the right guy at quarterback now, so they don't have to rely as much on the run game, even though he's still going for like twenty-five to thirty carries a game. Yeah, it's—he's impressive. I mean, again, like they do—they did play Jacksonville. I'm not gonna yeah go up here and say it's the best defense that that he's seen, but I mean, he's doing it against good defenses too. You know, it's—I don't—I think it's. Him and I would have put Dalvin Cook there, like as running back too, but just the consistency you get from Derrick Henry every single week is ridiculous. Well, and haven't and Derrick Henry hasn't been really have a season-ending injury yet, like yeah. Dalvin Cook. And you better for Tennessee fans, doesn't you better knock on wood, Pat. <laughs> you just, I mean, it's just, it's kind of, you know, as a fan, and you know, I Denver doesn't have to play Tennessee. They played him early in the year, but they don't have to play him again. I'm I'm all right with watching the human highlight just run the ball. You know, if I had to play him twice a year, I'd probably be on the different side of the equation. But well, the weird thing, even in that game, you had the third lead, uh, third rush, leading rusher in the league, and James Robinson, the undrafted rookie that came out of nowhere. But 
like Jacksonville's offense is perfect for anybody that's a running back. Yeah, I mean it's well, it's he's kind of so like when Leonard Fournette came in and played for them, he was a good fit. I think the if you have to zone in on a bright spot for Jacksonville, it's the running back. Mm-hmm. I mean they have a lot of work to do, but if he can consistently put up those numbers, even just showing out of his rookie year. You get a stability stability in the offensive line. You get a, some more weapons, you know, besides just Chark, and you get a quarterback. If it's going to be Menchu or whoever in the future, you know this this Jacksonville team can slowly creep its way back to where it was in that AFC Championship game. It's going to take a while. I mean, you're not getting it next year, but it's going to take a while. But this, like, <laughs> you always need to start somewhere, and I think that they found it in a diamond in the rough in the running back position, and now they just got to grow off of it. Yeah. Diamond in the rough to absolutely never going to win a game ever, the New York Jets. Man, dude, I – the fact that Seattle, like, kind of took their foot off the gas and still scored 40, like, that's – oh, man. The Jets are so bad, man. I feel I feel so bad for their fans. Like, I've – they went from the game against Vegas last week where I was like, dude, they're going to win a game. And then they blew it. <laughs> So this one to where I think Adam Gase got like in the pregame speech was like, all right, well, let's not even make this one close. Like I don't want to have to worry about <laughs> by chance getting a, the number two pick. I want to for sure have the number one. And yeah, they their offense did not show up. It was very sad, very sad. But there's some other games that were actually pretty close. Uh, the the Green Bay Detroit game, really good. Matt Stafford versus Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's a great quarterback rivalry, back and forth. Washington versus San Francisco, 23-15. to 15. You know, this, I know it'd probably be a little bit different of a game if this San Francisco 49ers team wasn't absolutely beat up. But uh, with Nick Mullins in and Raheem Mostert, you know, kind of getting back to where he was, Washington was a little too much. And that Washington defense, man, whew, yeah, they are ridiculously good. That, I, I would definitely say that's the best defense in that division. Um, with with all the injuries oh, yeah. and stuff, I think Philly like at times showed how good their defense was, but by far Washington is the best defense in that division. Well, and I'm just I'm just kind of disappointed that Alex Smith might be out for a couple of weeks now, and they're gonna have to go back to Haskins. <laughs> but I mean, Haskins didn't play terrible when he came in. It's just it's you wouldn't obviously want to have Alex Smith at your quarterback than Dwayne Haskins. But I mean, honestly, like this is. Time for Dwayne Haskins to prove, like, you drafted me for a reason. I'm going to lead you to a couple more wins and secure us a playoff spot until Alex Smith gets back. Or if, you know, prove that you're good enough to wear Alex Smith even when he is healthy, like, I'm the guy. Yeah. Well, they only have to really win, <clears throat> I think, even just one game and they win the division. So We'll see because Philly beat New Orleans. And the way Jalen Hurts is playing, I mean. Someone's going to stop his run and he was like 55% in passing completion. So I just see I'm just seeing what's happening with like Taysom Hill, and it's going to be something similar to that. Yeah, well, and I mean honestly, the two quarterbacks played against each other. Yeah, you know, beating Philly, beating New Orleans, but I unless Philly ran into an absolute juggernaut, I think Hertz can take them far enough. And you, I mean, granted, you only had them for. A year at OU, Tyler. But I mean, what are you thinking? What do you, do you like? What Hurts is doing at quarterback for Philly, or? Uh, I do. I've been a big Jalen Hurts believer. You know, I got the stats pulled up right here. He distributed the ball pretty well. And if you want, if you want to hear it, my hot take is: I think Philly will win this division. The next three games, I think they got the Cardinals, Cowboys, and Washington. And even if they, I think if, even if they lose to Cardinals this weekend, playing Kyler Murray. And I think Washington loses two games. Well, Philly Washington beats Washington to, at the end of the season. Washington would have to lose three games. They'd have to lose all three then? Yeah, because they're two games up. But, I mean, their three games are Seahawks, Panthers, Eagles. They're not easy games to win. They definitely right. could lose all three of those games. Especially well, with even, Or even if Philly – yeah. And then even if Philly does go 3-0 and to finish the season, which – I think two and one Cardinals are going to be a tough go this next this coming weekend. But that, that's my hot take. I think Philly wins the NFC East, man. Oh, that would just kill Wentz. 
He, he it really would. Like, get replaced by Nick Foles, goes to the Super Bowl, gets replaced by Nick Foles again, they go to the playoffs. Get replaced by Hurts, and they go to the playoffs. Well, uh, Doug Peterson is like 11-2 and two with backup quarterbacks <laughs> when Wentz has been hurt or something. Hey, the guy that was a backup quarterback knows how to you use know? backup quarterbacks. There you go. So well, maybe what they need to do set. to start off the year next year is name Wentz as a starter, <laughs> and then game one just take him out. And be like, nope, our backup's coming in. We're gonna win. We're gonna go eighteen and zero. We're just gonna gonna ride this ship. That's I I you know, and if you would have told me this week five when everyone was at that really weird two, you know, or like week six where everyone was like two three and one or something like that, that Philly were to be the one to win this division or kind of look like a clear favorite besides Washington, I'd have been like, man, you're crazy. I but I like the way that Jalen Hurts plays football. I do. I, I liked it I, when he was at Alabama, you know, and then he got, you know, replaced by a, a Tua that played extremely well in college, came to Oklahoma. I, you know, watching him in the Big 12, I liked how he played there. And when he goes to this Eagles team, he reminds me a lot. And if his completion was a little bit, but he's almost like a new school Donovan McNabb. And I like the way he plays football. And with this Eagles, if this Eagles defense comes and has that dog mentality, like, you know, when they went to the Super Bowl where they had, you know, they were the underdogs, they come with that more of that dog mentality. Eagles will host a playoff game and that will be the craziest thing i've ever seen but they will host a playoff hey, game this the, year the east has proven that they can beat playoff teams already so. they have and another thing is really with like the Eagles. i thought you were going to reference more cunningham yeah Rand- i ran Cunningham. i could throw way back and go randall cunningham but i was going to try to keep it <laughs> but like somewhat new school yeah we just well we have like this bunch of like quarterbacks now that are really more like a run than more than pass heavy you got mm-hmm. lamar jackson you got Taysom Hill, then you got Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Kyler Murray. You can almost say Josh Allen. Josh Allen likes to throw the ball. I think Kyle Murray is he like runs for like 500 yards a year, but like Hurts and all of them can definitely run for 750 plus a year uh, for a whole 16 game. Yeah, and it's not because like, it just depends because I feel like Hurts is more durable, just because he's not the. I just feel like he's a thicker runner. You know what I mean? And, like, he's not – not that Lamar and Kyler are sticks. I'm not saying that they're tiny. But I feel like Jalen Hurts is almost built as, like, a – He's built more like Taysom Hill. Yeah, he's more of, like, a power back. Like, when he gets brought – when he was brought into the games when Wentz was healthy, all he did was run the ball. Like, he is going to run the ball. But when you – put him back in the pocket to throw it and all of a sudden his completion percentage goes above you know to 55 to 60 percent all of a sudden now you're like as a defense what do you do because if if he can start airing the ball out and then you got to start dropping back in coverage and all of a sudden he tucks the ball and run i mean yeah you're probably fine with giving up five six yards on a qb run but they do that every single play you're going to start marching down the field and you can't stop it. Good luck. Yeah, I just think it depends who they're playing. Because just like Lamar versus Cleveland's defense, just he only had like, I think, 50 yards passing or so before his last play. Yeah. So, and then, but then again, if you go to a team that carries harder to the run, unless you get a defense that's top five in pass and rush, which I don't know if there's a defense, maybe the Colts would be the closest one. Um, Colts are up there. Other than, unless you get a team that's like Pittsburgh, I think actually is okay. So if unless you play Pittsburgh or Indianapolis, which the Eagles wouldn't play until the Super Bowl, if you have a team that caters to one side more than the other, then that's just the game plan. Like if you have a pass-heavy defense, then you just start running the ball. If you have a run-heavy defense, then you have Jalen Hurts throw the ball. Yeah, I I just want to see more from passing before I. Give them any kind of comparison. Hey, I'm I'm for that. I did not know where that hot take was gonna go. You you teased me with it like a a couple days ago, and you didn't let me know what it was gonna be. I like it. I, I mean, like that hot take a lot. It, it, it's 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 possible. It's it's definitely well, and it, it's gonna split a lot of the people like listening to this too, because I feel like there's a lot of people that have watched throughout this year, and they're 
I mean, their hate for the NFC East is probably extremely high. <laughs> but, I mean, Ram, the Rams swept that division, so I'm not too worried. But <laughs> The Bears would be number one in that division. So oh, There's a lot of teams that would be number one in that division. I don't, like, I don't think that it's a far-fetched take. I just, like, for them, if now he were to say that they were going to go to the Super Bowl, then he's a little crazy. But for them just to win the division, you just got to beat the other four teams that are in. Yeah. And honestly, you just have to beat the other three teams because the Cowboys yeah. aren't, I don't think, will win another game. And I think they're already out of playoff content. No, they're not. No, they're not. Which is sad. But they're like, <laughs> they're going to get like a number One five. Loss. They're going to get like the fifth overall or worst pick. Uh-huh. Giants could potentially beat them in week 16. Yeah. I, I guarantee the Giants win versus Cowboys. It's just it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. Other games that we didn't didn't touch on quite yet. Uh, the Kansas City Miami game. Miami came back and made that one, uh, just a six point game. Uh, the Indy Las Vegas game was a good game until probably midway through the third quarter, and then all of a sudden Las Vegas started turning that ball over, I, and I it just, got ugly fast. I, I mean, don't forty four twenty seven. It doesn't do it justice. It could have been way worse, but I mean it was so good. Like I, I there were times when I was. Uh, you know, keeping track of the game, and I'm like, all right, yeah, this is Las Vegas's game. And then I was like, no, this is Indy. And then, then once I think it was a pick six, if I'm not mistaken, it was a it was a turnover for Las Vegas, and they were down by seven. And I was like, okay, if if somehow, some way, the Colts come back and score on this, then it's it's absolutely game over. I just I still don't get the Raiders, man. Like you can win against the Chiefs, but then you have these down games when they get destroyed we're not gonna sit here and say that the colts are bad though they're nine and four and they're second in the division behind only tennessee but you expect them to do more than that you expect this to be like a three to ten point game well i mean honestly so they're the the last Colts score was a pick six and then the raiders scored a late rushing touchdown but other than that at like halftime it was 20 to 14 and then it was twenty to seventeen. I mean, it was it wasn't like it was a complete blow. Like I said, right after the third quarter is when it got really out of hand. Yeah, but good teams play a full four quarters. I know. I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I will flop on and off of this. I don't think the Raiders are a. Okay, the Raiders aren't a great team. They're a good team. They're not a great team. They're yeah, a team that I agree. has a chance to be. A wild card team in the playoffs, and if they play exceptionally well, they can win that game. If not, they can have another game like they did against Indianapolis and absolutely just tank. So we'll see. And then the, the Monday night game. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, that was Man. that was a um, the biggest dramatic movie I've ever seen on on the football field. It was insane. Like it went back and forth and back and forth. Baker played I thought played really well. And Lamar Jackson ran the ball extremely well and it basically came down to who had the ball last. Like I know Cleveland took that safety, but it came down to whoever had the ball last and when Baltimore ended up going ahead by three, I was like, Well, now that's game over. Left oh. Justin Tucker too much time, man. Yeah, well, like, and Baltimore was way up in this game, too, though. Like, I had um, some friends, uh, even, like, Barbara Gallo, who's a big uh, Ravens guy, was talking about uh, how Ravens are going to easily win this game. And I'm like, oh, it's it's not done yet. And the Browns come back and kept, kept it close, so. Yeah, kept it close and had it tied, and, you yeah. know, I was... I was kind of hoping this game was going to go to overtime just because I would have liked to seen like oh yeah definitely you know not like who won the coin flip to win but I wanted to have both offenses get another chance with the ball like when the Browns had it and started doing that hook and ladder like you don't give Baker another shot like I would like to seen Baker get another shot to try to drive down the field with like maybe 2 minutes left mm-hmm. even just to kind of see what he could do. And then if then if Baker ends up throwing a pick or something or they don't get it done, then so be it. But, like, for it to end on, a, like, a hook and ladder play kind of, like, left me a little salty. I know yeah. left some better salty, too. I know that was, like, the $40,000 lost on the bets. Just on one bet, though. Yeah, one bet. But, yeah, like, it was, the under, it was like, Cleveland 
plus three or plus four or something like that. Or I don't know. Something like that. But I ended up Vegas ended up winning that one for sure. It was just, that was just a crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that was a crazy end of the, the Monday night game. Yeah, it, was, it really was. I mean, the the Thursday night. Although I feel like, and Logan had said this earlier, for the most part, all the Thursday games this year have been pretty trash. Like I mean, on paper, yeah. I'm sure they looked good, but I mean, I think this the Thursday game we just had was one of the closer ones, and it was 24 to three. Mm-hmm. Like that's not that's not good football. So for no. us to start off with bad football, not that either team is bad, they just the Rams handle business. Sunday was scattered with some good games, and then for us to cap it off with that Monday game was awesome. So you know we'll see if we have next week with uh, some other good games. I know Tyler, you're not in the, the next week's pick, but I'm gonna have you send us some picks over on on who you think uh, with our six, who you think's gonna win, and we'll put you in the the guest picker, and we'll see if you. All right. He's gotta beat Caden Smith, who went uh, three for three. Yeah, three and three. You gotta beat three and three, or just beat Going Cash. So you just gotta get one right. <laughs> that works too. <laughs> we have a loaded weekend with college games now. We will all stream. We'll go around, talk about the main eight conference championships, and talk about who we think our winners and losers are going to be. Big implications for the the final four and seeding and everything like that. But all in all, I think there's maybe I don't even know. I don't even know if there's a game. He, no, there's probably one game. I feel like will be more than fourteen points. Oh really? Other Difference than that, I feel like all these games are going to be within a touchdown. I don't feel like any team is significantly better than any other. And the game I'm the one I'm hinting at is the SEC game. I I think Alabama rolls Florida. I can see that happening. So, but we'll start off in in the Pac-12. So Washington doesn't have enough football players. So they get replaced by Oregon. So Oregon plays USC. Now USC is one of the remaining unbeaten teams. They played four games. I'm not too impressed. You know, it's four games. <laughs> and they did play this Oregon team where if Oregon doesn't lose to Oregon State earlier in the year, Oregon's probably in the top ten. Like they didn't really play anyone, but that lost Oregon State absolutely killed all the momentum that they had. They're out of the top 25. You know, it's a Pac-12 game, so obviously you're going to take the over. The points are going to be, you know, 21 per quarter at least. Um, I'll start off with it. I am not sold on USC, so I'm going to go with the Ducks. To, to be honest, I haven't really watched so much of them. Well, it's Pac-12 <laughs> after dark. Cash, if you're in your PJs by 8 o'clock, you know, you're, you're going to miss most of their games, so... You know, but you know, I'm just going to go based off USC. I I know in the past that they have some bad years, and Oregon usually is the better like team overall. As of late. Yes, yes. as of late. Yeah, you can't go back. Like, you can't back, go back the Pete Carroll years. No, yeah, yeah. Those, that, yeah. That USC team would roll Oregon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just, even though I do not like USC, I think they win this game. All right. So we're split already. And, well, just remember, they're only one game behind Ohio State in games played. So. <laughs> Which is insane to think about, too. So, Tyler, who you got? Uh, I'm with Cash. Well, I'm not with Cash, but like like Cash said, I really haven't watched much Pac-12 football, uh, I'll be honest. So I don't know too much about these teams, but I will, I'm just off of likeliness, I'm going to say Oregon. All right, there we go. I'm just going to go with that one. And speaking of the team that USC is behind with one game on, the Big Ten champion could have only won six games. Yeah. It, which is just insane to think about. But we're obviously talking about Northwestern, number 14 Northwestern, going up against OHIO, the Ohio State University. Now, for me, personally, I think Ohio State wins this game. I think it's a lot closer than people think because Northwestern's defense is actually really, really good. Um, I just feel like the Northwestern's quarterback play 
isn't to the caliber it needs to be to beat a team like Ohio State. Now, Ohio State's had a while to game plan for this because they were either game game planning for a bowl game or a Big Ten (laughs) championship game for at least a week and a half by now. You know, I think they have to win this game convincingly to stay in the top four, though. Now, I think with them being at four, and you'd say, Mitch, if they win, they're automatically and they're already at four. Not exactly. Because the committee has kind of, like, you know, heard all the talk and all the chatter from everyone. Oh, you've only played, you know, you haven't even played a full conference schedule. You haven't played, you know, you're going to play in a, a championship game where earlier in the year your conference said that you wouldn't be able to technically play in. You know, they have to prove that they are in this top four category. So for them to come out, I think they have to beat Northwestern by 21 for the committee to be like, yeah, they're definitely a four. We we understand they haven't played as many games. But, you know, this is the same Ohio State we've been putting in the college football playoffs for years. They're not going to disappoint us. We want them out of the Big Ten uh, to to be one of the last remaining four teams. So I will go with Ohio State. I think it's by seven. And I think with them winning by seven, they eliminate themselves from the college football playoff. I I just don't know because I keep saying this over and over again. They put a two-loss Ohio State in there when they shouldn't have before. And they're going to find a way to put Ohio State in there over Texas A&M. And I just think, anyways, like Northwestern, you said it, like they only score 25 a game. And Ohio State gives up 23, so that's pretty dang close. So, like, do I think Ohio State's going to score less than 30? No. I bet they score around 35. I bet it's going to be like a 35-20 game. All right. 35-20 still, I feel like 35-20 is good enough. The only thing that's going to hurt, and so A&M sits at that five spot right now. The only thing that's going to hurt A&M is they needed Florida to win last week against LSU because now they're – um. Now, well, because now if Alabama schedule is yeah, but but now if Alabama beats Florida, people in the community will be like, yeah, so, so did LSU. But if LSU would have stomped, or if Florida would have stomped LSU, and then um, Florida's only loss, only two losses would have been to Texas A&M and then to Alabama, they'd be like, well, Florida's a pretty good team. They only lost to two top ranked teams. With Texas A&M's gut wrenching blowout loss to Alabama. We said that they were going to stay at, at five. And now with their, quote-unquote, one of their best quality wins was against Florida, who literally, you know, anyone can do it because LSU, who is having a mediocre season, just did it. It doesn't, to the committee, it doesn't look like, yeah, but our quality win was so good. It's like, no, everyone else could have that same quality win because LSU literally had the same thing and they're not going to make it to a bowl game this year. Yeah. Well, here's a, actually a little bit of a take for you. I think if Ohio State loses and Texas A&M plays like eh, I bet they put your Ohio State, I'm Iowa State in there. Yeah, because Texas Texas A&M plays this weekend. They just don't play in a a bowl game. I think they scheduled their makeup game against Tennessee. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, it's Tennessee. So if if they don't destroy Tennessee, they have to destroy. Tennessee. There will be some questions. Especially with the I even like the committee chair being Iowa, I think uh, they want someone either from the Big Ten or from around here. So in the in the, the Big Twelve, all right, <laughs> all right. Well, so I picked Ohio State. You think Ohio State wins by fourteen? Yeah, around okay. Yeah. Tyler, what you got? I, I say I obviously say Ohio State wins this. Need to need to see a big game from Justin Fields. Uh, I mean, yeah, they've only played five games, but I would have thought the Oklahoma transfer, Trey Sermon would, you know, have significantly more yards or at least lead the team in rushing. But uh, I think if you have a big game between those two and they put up points, they that, they could probably get in the playoff. Gotcha. So the committee loves them, you know. They do. So you, you think you think they win big? Or you think they have a chance? I would. To win? I, w- I want. I want them to win big, and they have a chance to win big. Okay. All right. I can definitely. Like I said, I can definitely see that too. Need, a, need a big. Need a big day from Justin Fields. And yeah. If, if Justin Fields is on, and we don't have very many incompletions, and you know we've seen what we've seen of him early, 
you know, I don't care how good of a defense you have, you're not stopping them. So if, if it right. starts, they start the bleeding early for Northwestern, like this game could get very ugly. So a game that was played earlier in this, I'm going to skip over the Big 12 one because I, I, that one's going to be like the, the cream of the crop, especially with, with us yep. going back and forth. One that was played earlier this year in Coastal, took it against Louisiana Lafayette. Now, this this one sits a little bit different with me because now if you look at one of Iowa State's losses and it's to a Sun Belt champion oh in Louisiana Lafayette, that loss isn't so bad now, is it? But we're talking about the, the everyone's America's favorite team in Coastal Carolina, uh, rocking the mullets, playing Louisiana Lafayette, and... This game early in the year was really good. I think the game, you know, for the conference championship is going to have a little bit more at stake. But I think that game is just as good. You know, this Louisiana Lafayette team, after their loss to Coastal, which was week uh, four for them, they lost 30-27. to 27. I see the same exact thing. I see a three-point game. And I'm going to flip it. I think the Raging Cajuns beat Coastal Carolina – Right off into the sunset, improve Iowa State's bad loss. Now losing to a Sun Belt champion, I, I I think they have to exact revenge. I think Coastal is coming off of too much of a, a dramatic high right now to where they're not that you would ever overlook a championship game, but I feel like they're looking into man if we play well enough, we we have a chance to be in a really really good bowl game. And it's like well you gotta win that bowl game first. Are you gonna win that? championship game first and I think I just like what I've seen out of Louisiana Lafayette lately like granted Coastal Carolina had to be tested with BYU and that will probably help them in preparation but yeah I'm going Louisiana Lafayette go Raging Cajuns baby well also what was it Coastal last week almost lost to Troy yeah that game was insane so uh, if you're really saying that's a Big win. I, I don't know. You're a big fan of Cincinnati and BYU and all of them, so. <laughs> I am. Okay, like, I got to, someone's got to root for the underdog. Well, I'll root for the underdog. I'll root for Iowa State when they're the underdogs. But I'm not going to root for somebody that doesn't, <laughs> that I know it's not that good in the first place. Oh, so you don't think, okay. You know, we have different <laughs> time to talk about how bad you think BYU is. So... Do you like Coastal or Louisiana Lafayette in this one? I like Lafayette. All right. And I bet they went by 10. Ooh, man. I thought, you know, I don't know about 10. That's, I'd be happy with it. But I th- I feel like this, the, the way that Coastal runs their offense, and they, they really slow the game down, they're methodical with their runs. I th- the problem with that is if they turn over the ball, they're, they're screwed. That's true. And, and you know, that could definitely happen. And if it does happen, then, yeah, I could definitely see a 10-point swing happening. Yeah, basically, I think Coastal Carolina either wins by a field goal or loses by 10-plus. Okay. All right. Just because that offense, that's how it is. That's true. Are you a fan of the mullets, Tyler? Who are the mullets? Is that the Chanticleers? Yeah, that's Coastal. Coastal. Mullis okay, versus yeah, Mormons is a big thing they were after that BYU oh, yeah, I game. I think that's the only uh, Coastal game I watched, but I was a fan. I'm gonna I'm going with Coastal. They want all the smoke this year, man. They do, they do. They, they got like they're. I mean, they're honestly a really good team. Like if they went up against the Power Five, which I think they will in their bowl game, they're probably yeah. like they won't be favored just because they're not a Power Five. But I could definitely see them beating whoever they went up against. It's probably going to be a right around right so. fifteen ranked team, so you're probably going against like a yeah. USC or an Iowa or something like that. I oh, put them versus Iowa, please. Iowa might put them in their place. <laughs> so well, we'll see. It, I think that's going to be a really good game. Uh, another game talking about Pac-12 scoring a lot of points. Mountain West. That's all they do is score points. Boise State, which I feel like every year is in a Mountain West title just because there's not a ton of competition there. But they're not the favorite in this one. San Jose State ranked at 24 is, um, again, with the Pac-12, I don't watch a lot of Mountain West. I'm going to ride with the Broncos because I like 
the Denver Broncos, and that's mainly the only reason I'm running with it. Um, I just, you know, you're not playing on Smurf turf, but I don't think that's going to matter <laughs> too much. Turf. Too much for Boise State. I'll take Boise State in this Mountain West showdown. Yeah, um, I'm going to agree. Uh, I'm going to do Boise State too, just because. Because Cash, you're in bed by the time Boise State goes <laughs> playing football. That is not true. Right, right. And I know, I know, Tyler. I know you watch a ton of. You're a huge San Jose State fan, so I know you're watching a lot of their football games, right? No, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of Boise either. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, uh, to point but, flip, uh, you actually have a solid. I'll I'll go with Boise because you know they've they've been there a few times off of longevity and tenure. I'm just gonna take them. They've, right. they've been there. They know how to act. So Boise's done some pretty magical stuff in in big games too, right? Like Statues uh, of Liberties and Hook and Ladders, yeah. That's why I'm ladder. not a big fan of that. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, against your your Sooners. <laughs> yeah, that uh, Tostitos Fiesta Bowl from about ten years ago or so. Live probably in the back of your mind for the rest of your life. Yeah, and the Florida National Championship from I don't know what is that, eleven or twelve years ago. Yeah, it's been, been a bad time. Hey, yeah, good times are ahead, though. Hard knock. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You already know. <laughs> we'll go AAC, not ACC, AAC, and Cincinnati. My Cincinnati. Ride or die. Um, kind of lost their spark. You know, they hadn't played in forever. And they're playing ranked 23rd Tulsa team. Now, I don't think that that matters. I loved Cincinnati ever since the year started. I still love them, and I'm going to take Cincinnati by two touchdowns. You know, Tennessee, uh, I mean, Cincinnati's going to win this game, you know. It's not against anybody in the top ten, so yeah. So if you, what if you, if you magically put, like, and it took out 23 and put an eight by Tulsa, you think they lose just because <laughs> it's in the top ten? You think oh, no, like, Tulsa's not top ten. I mean, if you if you take out Tulsa and put like a Georgia in there, they lose to Georgia. Oh, so you think that you think Cincinnati's good against bad teams? Yes. Man, I can see where you're going from, but Tulsa's not terrible. Cincinnati's eight and zero too, man. Eight and zero. Okay, man. Eight and zero, and they Memphis yep. is always going to be a hard game. Army. Don't don't even say Army's a good team. Don't. Army is ranked. Don't, don't. Army just spanked Navy. Oh, yeah, bravo. Two teams that never throw the ball. <laughs> hey, but that's what I'm saying. They, they they ran the ball, and they beat them 24 to 10. It was like the opening game of the year for them. Well, the second game. Uh, South Florida, they're ten, they were supposed to play Tulsa early in the year, and it got postponed. And then they were supposed to play last week, and it got postponed as well. So, other than that, they beat UCF, beat Houston, beat Memphis, beat SMU. Like, these are notoriously, I mean, teams that aren't in your top 10, but teams that are normally through years and years, especially in the AAC, are ranked. Yeah, don't see it. All right, fine. At least you're taking Cincinnati. If you took Tulsa, I'd probably have to slap you. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say, I'm saying Cincinnati too. They just, too good. They put up a lot of points. That, and that's that's a lot of. I mean, their defense is solid as well, but their offense can score at will. They're yeah. a top fifteen team, but they're not. Yeah, they're ranked at nine. I think the the where they're ranked at is perfect for them. And I could see them playing a team, you know, lower seated than them. Not not in the in the top ten, but like an eleven, a twelve, thirteen, something in that range, and really. Playing a good game, them versus like Northwestern, taking Northwestern. I we'll see, you know, depending on how bad this, because Ohio State and Cincinnati run the kind of the same offense in a way, and it's not just because they're both from Ohio either. Not just, but <laughs> they they play stingy defense, both Ohio State and Cincinnati does, and their offense scores at will. And if Northwestern can't stop that against Ohio State, now granted they're not going to play the same power as they would. I was going to say I didn't don't see a Justin Fields there. No, but you're still going to get the same things. They're not you. 
again with the Cincinnati team. And if you can't stop it against Ohio State, I don't know if you're going to be able to stop it against Cincinnati. I really don't. We'll see. So, all three are rolling with Cincinnati. And then I think another one is, like I said, we talked about it earlier, the SEC championship game, or as I see it, um, Kyle Trask road to lose the Heisman. Because um, he's going to play head-to-head against Mac Jones, and Mac Jones is going to outduel him, and this Alabama team is going to score 30-plus on what Florida scores. And I think this game is going to justify on who wins the Heisman. Well, usually the Heisman is usually like the top four teams. They usually are make the playoffs. That's usually yes. At least of late. So. True. And I, I feel like I – if I were to pick the best quarterback in my eyes, I'd pick Kyle Trask over Mac Jones. But it's uh, unfortunately, and when you play football, it's a team sport, and the team that's going to take the field in the SEC championship game that is leaps and bounds in front of the other one is Alabama. You also have three Alabama offensive players that are in the finalists. Yes, you have Najee Harris and the wide um, receiver J- Jalen Waddle, I believe. Is oh no, Smith. No, yeah, Smith. Waddle's hurt. That's right. Yeah. Um, and you know, if Trask can get Kyle Pitts back, I don't know if he'll be healthy for the, the SEC championship game. It could make it a little closer. I just, you can't stop Alabama, man. Alabama is going to be the clear and cut front runner to win the national championship. So if you think you're going to just walk into the SEC championship after losing to LSU and beat Alabama, you got another thing coming. I, I take Bama by 21. I almost think Alabama scores 50 in this game. So I think it's going to be like a 50 uh, 35 game, Alabama. Which is, I mean, it's not respectable, but I mean, for Florida to hang in there by two touchdowns isn't terrible. But, I mean, to have 50 rang up on your defense, that doesn't look so hot either, though. Oh, goodness. Tyler, you, are you chomp chomping with the Gators or are you roll tide roll? I'm rolling tide, but watching the LSU Florida game, Kyle Trask almost threw for 500 yards. And people say SEC defenses are stout, but I think this year showed, you know, points can get put up in the SEC. Even like, you know, with a four win LSU team, they put up 37 on Florida. For sure. So, I mean, it, it could, it could be a shootout, but I think Alabama takes this one. I, take, I think they take it. Yeah, and they I feel just, like that's they are. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I was gonna say I think that's a new narrative in college football that not very many teams play defense anymore because even in the Big Ten, Ohio State's putting up points in games where there's teams that don't score a lot of points. You want to know why? That's terrible quarterback play. Yeah. Yep. Other than that, I mean, Big Twelve, you see shootouts. Pac-12 shootouts. You know, ACC. You know, Clemson, Notre Dame. We're the, probably in going into it, the two best defenses. Notre Dame's defense is ridiculously good. And that game went and granted into triple overtime. The game almost eclipsed 100, or did eclipse 100 points. No, almost eclipsed 100 points. Like, no defense is played in college anymore. It's all about the offense. And granted, you can still have good defensive numbers, like with sacks and interceptions. But once you pick the ball off, your offense is going right down to score and you're going right back on that field. I, I feel like that, and it was always a narrative in the Big 12. Well, the Big 12 doesn't play defense. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's probably been better defense played in the Big 12 this year than there has in the SEC and the yeah, ACC. I, I feel like. Gotta look at the analytics behind that. We'll see. We'll see. The showdown at 3 o'clock Clemson Notre Dame, the rematch. Now Clemson's reloaded, they have Lawrence. They have most of their starters on the offense and defense back. But this Notre Dame team, basically since the mid part of last year, has been, I would say cooking, but I'll say booking. They've been Ian booking. And they've played basically non, like not flashy football but they play dominantly good football. Now, their offensive line is probably the best in college football. Their defensive line is probably the best in college football. And if Ian Book can play well, and I think he does, they lose to three by Clemson. Trevor Lawrence is too good. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Trevor Lawrence is too good. 
that Clemson team's going to be rolling. I think it's going to be another possible triple overtime game. This game's going to go down to the very final seconds, but I think Clemson has the ball at the end of the game. When it counts, Trevor will drive him down the field, kick that field goal. I'll take Clemson, ACC championship for the dub. I think it's going to be close because Clemson's going to let it be close. Because the last two years, every game, even if they were supposed to win by 40, was some for some reason closer than it had to be every time. So the real question is, is do I think Trevor Lawrence is going to turn over the ball or not? And in this game, I just don't know for sure. If, if Notre Dame gets two picks on Trevor Lawrence, Notre Dame wins them easily. But if Trevor Lawrence can not throw any picks, Clemson wins. So I'm going to go, and hopefully Clemson wins this, because that's who I'm picking. And so you want you need to poise Trevor in the pocket. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, like, and that's what I mean. Notre Dame has done all year, though. They've rattled the quarterback. When they played last time, Travis Etienne wasn't a factor running the ball, but was pretty dynamic out of the backfield, catch receiving, which is what he needs to do in this game. I feel like they're going to try... Notre Dame's going to try to make this a shootout and try to make Clemson air the ball out and throw the ball. Now, if your DBs and safeties can cover Clemson's receivers, you'll have a shot. But if you dare them to throw it, and with, honestly, one of the best quarterbacks we've seen in college football lately... And he starts to be surgical with that football. Now you're screwing yourself because you're like, well, now they can't. They're not going to go to the run because we're daring him to throw, and he's carving us up, and we can't get him out of that rhythm. We'll just going to end up screwing ourselves. I don't think it's like that. I think they do force at least one turnover. I think it's, they have a pick and a fumble. I think they get a pick off of Lawrence and they get a fumble off of Etn. But I don't think two turnovers is enough because I think that Clemson gets a turnover of their own. I, I just don't see it, to be honest. If uh, Clemson has to have a clean game. So, what do you think, Brody? I'm taking Clemson for that reason. They had three turnovers, still lost by seven points. A freshman quarterback came in in possibly his biggest game in his career and threw 400 yards. And if you can have Trevor Lawrence back, and he's been there, done that, been in three three national championships and won one. He can probably throw for four hundred yards. At least. I think I think he'll be good. At least. But I, I agree with Notre Dame trying to keep it as a shootout. Uh ETN probably needs to run the ball. Get more yards at least, you know, thirty thirty yards off eighteen carries and it's great. But like no, it's you not know, he can that. catch the he can he he can catch the ball. Yeah, and that's that's so, what it's well, I'm, I'm needing to be multi-dimensional, not only only yeah. running the ball, but catching the ball out of the backfield, okay. and uh, and we'll see. I think I think it's going to be like I said, just like how everyone anticipated it being uh, a shootout the first time, went to three overtimes, didn't disappoint. I don't think this game's going to disappoint either. We will go to our final game, and this game is in Ames, Iowa, and. Iowa in general, probably one of the biggest games ever. We have Iowa State playing for a Big 12 championship game. Now, and if Iowa State wins this game and some other crazy stuff happens, this team has a chance to be in the Final Four, which if you told me that after that Louisiana Lafayette game, I'd probably <laughs> laugh in your face. I would I'd have been like, dude, are you, did you not just watch that game? We just lost to Louisiana Lafayette. <laughs> Well, you may have said that, but I don't know if Brady would have said that. Well, not that I'm not saying Louisiana Lafayette's bad. It's just that for Ohio State or Ohio State for Iowa State to make the the Final Four, I would have thought you would have had to have an undefeated Iowa State team. There's no way you could drag a loss and not a not even a conference loss, a non-conference loss. Like if you had one loss to like Oklahoma, Texas, like a, a, a predominant powerhouse. I'm like, yeah, I can, I could see it. Maybe I, we squeak in with one loss, and we win the Big Twelve championship, and we we're in at nine and one or something, you know. But for us to have that early loss and to have a chance is kind of like, holy cow. But we are playing 
a team that we did beat earlier in the year. But this team that we beat earlier in the year has gotten a lot better. A lot better. And Spencer Rattler's throwing the ball better than he was earlier. And it's going to be interesting. I, th- I think it's going to be, like I said, I th- there was only one game where I felt like it could get out of hand, and that's going to be the Alabama-Florida game. This game's going to be a seven-point game. The way Iowa State's defense has been playing lately, it's they're going to rattle Spencer Rattler, and they're going to make him off his game a little bit. Now, Lincoln Riley and how offensive-minded he is, he's going to make adjustments, they're going to come back, and they're gonna. It's gonna be good. I'm gonna wait to pick mine. And I'm gonna pass it over to Cash because I kind of want to see what Cash is feeling. I already know <laughs> probably Tyler what you're thinking. I'm gonna pass it over to Cash and see what he's feeling in this game. You want to hear the neutral side first? Because... Yeah, definitely. You have number six. I, I do. I, I do as well. The biggest game they've probably played ever against ten Oklahoma. Both teams with two losses. You know, for Oklahoma to turn their season kind of around after that Kansas State and Iowa State lost back-to-back to be in this position, you know, it's it's crazy. So, do you – are you rolling Boomer sooner? Are you sounding those sirens? Are we going <laughs> Iowa State? <laughs> and you don't have any peer pressure or anything. Logan's not in your face. So, you're fine. Just make a, an honest, non-biased pick, Cash. <laughs> so, I like both the coaches in this scenario. I really like Lincoln Riley and, and Campbell. Okay. And – um the problem is, I do think Purdy can be a little bit inconsistent at times. And, <laughs> yes, I know that Rattler can be the same. So, basically, this game is like, who do I think is going to be the more consistent quarterback? And I just think Purdy's been having a nice stretch. And I like, I like their running game better than Oklahoma. So, I'm picking them for that reason. And they also even have a better defense, I believe, than Oklahoma. All right. Cash is playing the fight song. I don't ever, I never in a million years thought I would hear you pick Iowa State over Oklahoma. So I'm definitely going to save that and play that at my, my wedding because it's just like, it's, it, you'll get me tearing up. That's well, just remember, impressive. my NFL picks are 19 and 29. Hey, so. how about you just don't <laughs> remind me of that? At all. Just don't ever remind me about but how I am, bad you I'm, are at picking games. But I am 6-0 and in college. <laughs> Hopefully seven and all with that one game. Tyler and the eyes people if people don't know Tyler is a huge Oklahoma fan, so I'm gonna be extremely shocked to where his pick goes. But I want to hear his insight, you know, on what he thinks, how they have improved, and um, how he likes the matchup against Iowa State. I've always liked the matchup. I'm some people might say I'm biased, but you know I lived in Ames for a year to see uh, Matt Campbell come in and transition and you know, change the culture at, with that team, dude. It's it's amazing. It really is. I'll give him credit. But, you know, uh, two out of the last three years, you know, Iowa State has taken down Oklahoma once at their house and once in Norman. But uh, and, and both both losses to Iowa State have been pretty fairly matched, like as far as yards and points go. But uh, Rattler, I was at that game, you know, courtesy to you. Uh he looked great, but, he, you know, his progressions, he wasn't looking all his progressions. If he saw the slightest window of deep ball, he's throwing the deep ball. You saw that at the end of the game where he threw an interception in the end zone. And uh, we got Ramon Dre Stevenson back. He didn't play in the, that game, Iowa State. But uh, he's kind of the leading runner, so I would say they're going to, you know, be more dual threat. They've kind of been more dual threat in year, this year than, than in years past. But uh, I think – Maybe high scoring, but defense will play key in this game. I don't like the linebacker tight end matchup, you know, for Oklahoma's defense to Iowa State's tight ends. Three tight ends, what, six seven, six eight, six eight, something like that? Yeah. Probably honestly but out of like an actual tight end group, not just a tight end in general. Probably the scariest yeah. front of tight ends you will ever see in college football. Three that can catch the ball out of the backfield, three that can block and three that have a chance, um, probably Dylan Sainter more at fullback, but three that honestly have a chance to play Sundays. Like, they're insanely good. And when you throw all three of them on the field at one time, and like he said, you got to throw either a linebacker or a corner on it, good luck. Yeah. Good luck. So, 
Yeah, and I like I said, I I like the points. Like Spencer, I think Iowa State got kind of lucky the first time getting him early in the year. You know, coming off of yep. his first loss, you know, they were able yep. to kind of pinpoint different things that they saw that he did wrong in that Kansas State game, and really go after him. You know, he's obviously in, in just his you know, quote unquote freshman year. He's a red shirt, uh, I believe, correct? Because he sat yep. last year. Mine hurts. Yeah. Yep. So he's. Basically, his first year of full of play, he's matured as the games have gone on and really developed into the quarterback that an Oklahoma fan would like to see him. Now, <clears throat> I'm an Iowa State fan. Been an Iowa State fan my whole life. I have never even dreamt that this day was going to come where Iowa State would be in a Big 12 championship game. And the turnaround that Matt Campbell did for this program is absolutely insane. The way the defense has played the last four or five games, arguably best in the country. Our running back, I feel, even though Oklahoma's kind of found their identity in their running game, Brees Hall's the best running back in all college football. You cannot change my mind with that. If Brock Purdy plays like he did early in the season in a couple of his uh uh-oh games, like in the first half against Baylor, yeah, never you can't a little a bit Bayer. against Oklahoma State. Then I feel like Oklahoma definitely wins this game by more than just seven points. Oh yeah, if he has another Baylor half again, because because Oklahoma's just going to keep scoring. Yeah, and but if he has a game like he did against Kansas State or even Texas for that matter, I like Brock Purdy over Spencer Rattler on the fact of he's been in the quote unquote, the league he's been in college and played in more games, not any more significant than Spencer Rattler has. He's got, he's got a gel more with his offense. And I think that the game plan that they have on defense, that's going to help him out because I don't feel like Spencer's going to get bailed. If he makes a mistake, he's the defense is not going to bail him out. Like I don't, I don't feel like there's going to be much resistance from that that defense. I feel like Iowa State will go down and score. Where on the other hand, if Iowa State is to make a mistake, our defense I feel like is strong enough to hold up and stop them. To where if he were to throw a pick or have a fumble, it turns into only three points or zero instead of seven. And with all that being said, I'm going Boomer sooner. I think I the first game caught Oklahoma off guard. I think Lincoln Rally had a week extra to prepare without having to play that West West Virginia game. I like Spencer Rattler's maturity, and I'm going to pick Oklahoma. Now, do I want Oklahoma to win? Absolutely not. But I think they bring a better team to the table than they did in their week two their week two, our week three loss. And I think that Oklahoma wins another Big 12 championship. Now, not to say, yeah, it's six in a row, right? Yep. Not to say that next year, Iowa State doesn't come back and meet you in a Big 12 championship and make it not seven to where you only have six. <laughs> well, you also, also I just feel like right now, with the growth that each team has made on paper, Oklahoma is more poised to win this game. Now, crazy things can happen. I think Iowa State's defensive game plan is going to be a lot better uh, than what people think, and they're going to force, like I said, Spencer Rattler to make a lot of mistakes. I just I like Lincoln Riley guiding his players in in big moments and really propelling Spencer Rattler into what they all believed he could be into now what he can be. Um, you know, it's not an easy pick for me to pick against Iowa State, but I'm doing it because I feel like, honestly, on paper and, and what's going to happen, that's the logical winner in this game. And, you know, just like in the Denver pick, if I'm wrong, I'll be ecstatic about it because Iowa State will have a championship. But it just really comes down to – Who's been there before? And I'm not saying that Matt Campbell isn't going to have a great game plan, but Lincoln Riley, you know, not him himself, but and they're six years straight, have won six 
straight Big 12 championships. That's that's way more than than what you can expect. And it's it's not that it's the first time that a team has been there in Iowa State and you're going to have your jitters because you're going to be prepared for it. But for, like, Oklahoma, it's just, like, they knew they were going to be here. They played like they were going to be here. Now they're there. It's time to do what they do, and that's win Big 12 championships. Well, like, the same thing, though. Like, Iowa State, though, has something to prove, though. I, I understand I, that. I do like, understand that. No one thinks they're a sixth seed. I, I think even six seed's just a little too high for them. And, like, they also have Oklahoma has won six straight. So, the sometimes that could be a hindrance on you, kind of like how, you know, uh, you know, somebody like Tom Brady loses to someone like Nick Foles. Kind of things happen. Because, like... They, Where you think, like, Oklahoma overlooks Iowa State. Like they well, should... they, I don't say they overlook them. I just think when you have that underdog factor and, like, Iowa State says, these guys have won it the last six dang years. And... Everybody thinks we're not that good of a team. I just feel like they can take that. Use and, it more as motivation. Yeah. To, we'll see. I think it's going to be a great game. You know, I, I will I be happy if my pick's wrong? Of course I will. Um, you know, I'm sure that, you know, Tyler wants six straight. I want one straight <laughs> in the build off of that. Yeah. But, uh, well, I mean, it's going to be a great game. The game, the first game they played against each other was, you know, one for the ages. I don't think we're going to get anything less of that. You know, it's a it's an early kickoff, so I'm gonna have to be bright and bushy eyed to watch that one, and then go on to the the Clemson Notre Dame game after that, and then probably finish off with that SEC blowout. But you know, it's gonna be good if there's gonna be a lot of implications out of this, like of which team wins to really shape up that that final four there, and you know, hopefully. You know, I'm I'm wrong with my pick, and Iowa State sits at number four after that, and you know we're we're going and playing for a, a national championship, not just a Big Twelve championship. Now, don't worry. If you talk to Brady, he'll tell you that all the scenarios that have to happen to get to that point. So. <laughs> I'm I'm down to hear it. I'm down. Even the the fact that Iowa State's even in this position, five years after Matt Campbell took the job, not even like he did his first coaching job, five years after he took the job, is I couldn't have asked for anything more. So I'm I'm ecstatic and, and excited. So, but hey, man, Tyler, first time being on. I appreciate it, man. You did a heck it's of a, a job. Pleasure. Good luck to your Sooners. You It'll know, be I a hope good we, game. We I'm play excited. that fight song come Saturday. Oh, and trust me, if Iowa State does win, I'm opening with the fight song, not the intro music. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I'm but thanks again for being on, you. Tyler. Uh, we'll have to have you on again, man. Uh, just not when college football is gone because i feel like we butt heads too much with conference play but (laughs) right other than that guys thank you again for listening and as always keep the sports talk going